Hello, wrestling fans. This is the Gimmick Minute Wrestling Podcast coming to you each and every week, talking about the best from WWE, AEW, and NXT. As always, you can join in the conversation by hitting us up on our Twitter, which is at LiveYourGimmick. That's the at symbol followed by L I V Y O U R G I M M I C K. M O U S C. And there he is. Of course, you got me. My name is Jason. I am the host of the show, and I have my two co hosts with me tonight. We got both Michael and Kevin. Guys, thanks for joining me. Glad you could both make it. How are you guys doing? Good. I'm glad yeah, you texted me. <laughs> yeah. you text me I, like, <laughs> I didn't think we were doing a show because I thought like after last week, we were like, oh, backlash is on. We probably won't do one. And... No, I said we were going to record it after, and then you said, oh, you that's funny. You think I'll be awake after. So then I was like, all right, well, we'll just record it at normal time then. <laughs> yeah. Honestly, I was just waiting out the clock to see if anyone mentioned anything. Well, all right, cool. <laughs> yeah, I so, WrestleMania Backlash is still going on. It's actually almost over. It's in the main event right now. Um, I actually have it on on a separate screen right here. We got um, Cesaro putting the cross face on, <laughs> on Roman at the moment. So, we'll see how that one ends up turning out. Uh, there has been some some different... Uh, um, really, there, to my knowledge, no title changes. Although, I didn't actually see the end of the Mysterio rude match. Oh. Okay. So, the Mysterios won the Tag Team Championship. So, that was the only title change so far tonight. Um, we had uh, Bianca uh, retain in what looked like a pretty good match from what I watched. Rhea Ripley actually retained. Uh, Charlotte did her moonsault off the top, and she did everything that she could in that match. And that match actually seemed like it was pretty good. And then Miz and Damian Priest had a really weird zombie match, zombie lumberjack match. Mm-hmm. Where like there was like people yeah, dressed up as zombies just like lurking was, around outside. It, it, it was uh, the relaunch of ECW. Yeah. <laughs> Corey Grace, like Jason, I'm talking off the air. Corey Grace has the line of the night of the night, Mike. He's like, all the zombies came out for as the lumberjacks. He's like, no, this is not the relaunch of ECW. This is this is a lumberjack. These are the lumberjacks for the lumberjack match. So all right, then. Yeah. But that was the only good thing about that match. So, kind of interesting. I get it. I'm, pre- I'm, pre- I'm pretty sure. Well, no, I'm pretty sure. Like, I mean, the way it ended, I'm guessing the Miz is dead. Or really? He's a zombie now. Because oh, they wow. just. He was laying in the ring, and they just all came on top of him and started eating him. Yeah, I did. I did see a picture of that, and a lot of people, a lot of people. So this is actually kind of how I remembered that the show was on because I opened up my Twitter and saw about thirty people immediately saying that they're turning the show off, that this is horrible, and blah 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 blah. So apparently, they set the wrestling business back thirty years, like they claimed AEW did. Oh. Well, I mean, it, I mean, it makes sense because 30 years ago would have been what? Uh, it would have been end of, or beginning of the 90s, end of the 80s. So that's around when the time when they did the campy bullshit so zombies would fit in. That's true. That's true. Good point. Yeah. <laughs> yep. So Bo- the, the Bastion Booger days. What one one crazy <laughs> thing that happened during the tag match, and um, so I guess the the Dirty Dogs took Dominic out before the match, so Ray was out there by himself for a period of time. Uh, Dominic ended up lim- limping out, but during this time that he was out by himself, he uh, there was one spot. You, so you know how Ray does that slide on his belly out of the ring. Uh-huh. So Rude had him and slid him out to Dolph, who super kicked him on the yeah, way out. That was fucking bad. Wow, <laughs> just absolutely brutal. They had a couple of different. Um, they had a they had a couple of different tag moves that were just the. Uh, 
double team moves that were just just pretty brutal on Ray. So that was yeah. I, I thought that I thought that was actually going to be the end of it. But yeah, it I was wasn't. surprised that it wasn't. So, uh, but then yeah, uh, then Lashley retained his title. So good on Bobby Lashley. I think we all pretty much predicted that. Um, or no, we didn't, did we? Who else? No, I predicted that. Oh, I'm, I'm shaking my I'm, I'm shaking my head at. I'm watching. So. Oh yeah, Roman. Uh, Roman must pose. Yep, Roman choked I'm, out. I mean, Cesaro. Were any of us really shocked? No, that one? no. It was a good I'm match. Kind of it was. It looked like a really good match, though. Yeah, I think it's another solidification because like both Usos were not out. Like he told Jay to stay at the back. Yeah. So, kind of like solidifying. Like I did this on my own. So, I which is good. Another part of the storyline. You know. Yeah. So, Mrs. Aro with the selling on that. Uh, that was really I get it now. So the zombie thing is a cross promotion with Army of the Dead coming. Yeah, that's coming yeah. Out on Netflix. Yeah. That makes yeah. more sense now. Yeah. Yes. I I mean, and AW fans can complain if they want to, but then uh, remember the cross promotion they did with Kong and Godzilla, where they had a Kong yeah. versus Godzilla match. Yeah, you can't really complain that much when you're doing that stuff. And, and speaking of which, at least so- at least this is you know effort. They at least did zombies. That was literally just a fucking big dude versus a dude that dresses like a dinosaur. Right. Fuck you. Yeah, exactly. I mean, it was, that was some bullshit. So speaking of AEW, well, no, AW real quick, like the whole thing, you know, everybody's talked about the Jericho spot. Yeah. Did he actually dis- dislocate his elbow on that? He dislocated. He hurt his elbow in the match. It wasn't on that fall because I, I listened oh. to his podcast and he actually. Oh, okay. It, his his podcast was literally him that his latest episode talking about that blood and guts match and basically dissecting it and talking about like what led into it, how it became a thing. Honestly, it was it was really just like forty five minutes of Jericho putting himself over in this and and like having this match and putting over AEW. It was it was hard to listen to at some points, but there was a little nuggets of of good information throughout the whole thing, right? So you know, Jericho said that you know the spot they he didn't really he didn't want to do that spot. He is not a spot junkie guy. He doesn't like the whole falling off things and doing things like that. Like he doesn't want to be that guy to do stuff like that. So he was really nervous about it. Didn't want to do it. He did say that it was not a crash pad. He said that it was a thin wrestling mat with cardboard laid out on top of it. With it may, like it look, a, may it look like steel or whatever. Yeah. And then they put like that, that grading thing over top of it, but there was like a wrestling mat cardboard and then like a, a black sheet over the cardboard. And then there's the, uh, whatever the cardboard they use for that, that great grading. That's all that that was according to him. But again, it looked a whole lot more like a crash pad. So yeah, I'm just gonna say, I'll pull think, up an image now. But I'm 99.9% sure a wrestling mat does not fold in around you when you land on it. Yeah. Well, I mean, if there's a bunch of cardboard there, then that 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 could play into it a little bit. So I'm just saying now. I'm looking at the close up they did where you can blatantly see it, and it looks like he landed on a waterbed. Like it, he's sinking down in yeah, that bitch. Yeah. So I, that's no, a I, thick ass wrestling mat. I, I, I don't disagree with you, but you know Jericho likes to tend to kind of like put himself in these. Whoa! Are you watching this, Jason? Yeah, I'm seeing uh, Seth is coming out and um, smiling, and then falling in Cesaro. <laughs> Huh. So, so was he acknowledging Roman now? Is he a part of the family? Yeah. 
or is he just going after Cesaro? It's a, he could only he do it if he puts on a terrible Samoan accent, just like a yeah. Dude, you boy. You got to see the suit. suit that he's wearing. Oh my god, that suit is amazing. It's, it's a white suit, but then it looks like somebody dumped a paint can, paint can on like the top. Yeah, like of it. Mul- multiple paint colors all yeah. over. It's just like stained. <laughs> it's great. Crazy. What the hell just happened? Pat McAfee over there. Oh, dude, Pat McAfee. Shout out to him. Done a great job. What the fuck was that? Yeah, that glitch. Yeah, that was weird. That was weird. I'm sure even this the is... other the, the it seemed to me like the guy that uh, calls Raw. I don't even know his name, but he seemed like a little toned down. Tonight. Yeah, admin or Adnan Adnan Varant or uh, yeah yeah he's he's done an alright job. But honestly, Raw would be fine with just Byron and Corey. They they play off of each yeah. other so well that they don't need a third person on that. Byron is a good enough play by play guy, and, I, and I, I would like Tom Phillips and Corey better, but you know, but but Byron and Graves would be fine. And honestly, I think that's what I noticed about it tonight was that like he was toned down because it, it sounded like Corey was like, well, almost even Byron was kind of like head announcer, more so, steering the ship. Yeah, 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 that's probably a good thing. Jesus. I mean that suit is is I, I kind of dig it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh. This was yeah. Like, this was oh Jesus Christ! I'm I'm seeing on on the Twitter exactly what you're probably talking about with the chair. Yeah. Yes. Fucking Christ! I've never seen that before. Oh, curbs. Ooh. Like that was wow. pretty violent. That was pretty violent. So so that so that's Cesaro's way of like you're no longer picture <laughs> you got your one chance yep. and you're done yeah now you gotta deal with seth again all right hmm. so it's seth kind of suppose apparently he's the one who yeah the pay-per-view on top i gotta there, say so. it was a kind of a subpar show yeah what who guessed <laughs> wrestlemania backlash all right this has probably been riveting podcasting for anybody listening today so so hopefully you enjoyed backlash or yeah at least somewhat but little, that was a little <laughs> imp, imp, impromptu uh, watch along yeah impromptu <laughs> watch along for wrestlemania backlash stupid yeah, name. I, I looked up the miz stuff too and i'm still very confused yeah i also saw a johnny drip drip got fucking eaten alive too oh, outside yeah. the ring Somebody I, said like the only thing that made that somebody said the only thing that would have made that match better is that they would have came back with a graphic saying like rest in peace. <laughs> <laughs> or or the or they came back and they did the the in memory. Or like yeah, the the, memory. Res, the Resident Evil you're dead just across the screen. That'd be great. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> All right. I uh, completely lost track of what we were even talking about before going into that. Uh so we can go ahead and just go on with the rest of the show. So we've already kind of talked about what happened during Backlash. We really don't need to, I guess, revisit that. It seems like the internet hated that pay-per-view, and it, you know, all all in all didn't seem all that great to me either. But um, a couple of different things that happened over the, the last week. So A&E continued their bio series. Did you guys get a chance to catch her, catch the Booker T bio? No. I did. You did? Yes. Okay. Probably, probably my favorite one so far. Yeah, the Booker T one was really good. So for all the people that criticized the Macho Man one, uh, they really bounced back with this Booker T one. I'm excited to watch the Shawn Michaels one that aired tonight. Of course, Shawn Michaels is my my, my favorite, so of course I'm going to be excited to watch that. But uh, regardless of the fact, um, but uh, the Booker T one, man, I thought took an interesting dive in his life and his childhood. I had no idea that he had a grown-ass adult son. 
and apparently that grown-ass adult son is in prison because he really didn't. So Booker Booker had a had a pretty checkered past, right? So he, I, the one thing that I found that I got, I guess I kind of learned about because they talked about a little bit in storyline how he was in jail, right? Because they they that was the whole story build up leading into his title match against Triple H at WrestleMania. Which and, is why people are like, how come nobody uh, mentioned that in the biography, that whole storyline of like how racist that storyline was with Triple H and Booker T. Yeah, and he didn't, and Booker, Booker to his credit though, didn't feel like that storyline was racist though. So, I mean, he just felt like it was storytelling. Yeah. Booker, Booker is a, Booker is definitely a, a showman and he, I mean, just the, he he gets the professional wrestling business, which is which is fantastic. Just just the character development that guy had, and some of the they they, they didn't mention the Hulk Hogan were coming for you. Well, and how about how about the racist shit that he dealt with though coming up though? Like when you when you talk about his his how he came up in the business and and just uh, the crowds at the the Texas Sportatorium that you know he had to de- he and his brother had to deal with. And, you know, how they turned that crowd in their favor. Like, when they came out, these guys were yelling the N-word at him and, you know, spitting on him. But then, you know, halfway through the match, cheering for him. And just how they were able to turn that that crowd around and stuff like that. Like, they, they just didn't seem to really, like, they just understood, like, look, you know, people are going to hate us but we're gonna do what we can to make them like us and that was just kind of the mentality they had but the, the thing i thing i found interesting was um they had uh they he talked about his um you know his son that he has so basically booker went to jail because he and his he and his buddies rob what what's going on you're, you're glitch like this oh cool all right so <laughs> <laughs> whatever so I just took a picture yep. Booker, Booker went to uh, Booker went to jail because he and his friends uh, kept robbing the Wendy's that he worked at over and over and over again like they robbed the same Wendy's probably like 25 times and while he was in jail um, his son that he had when he was what 17 Kevin 16 I think. 16 his son that he had at the age of 16 <clears throat> ended up going into foster care <laughs> So when Booker got out, he wanted to get his son out of foster care. I love it. That's that's actually a better that's a better pause face than I've had before. Uh, so yeah. he wanted to get his son out of foster care, but he needed money to do that. So he robbed a drug house, like basically just robbed their entire stash house, and then used the money that he got from selling the stolen product to get his son back from foster care. So that's freaking crazy to me. Um, but his that's son GTA shit right there. Yeah. But his but, son is, but can you, can you, now. can you, can you dig that sucker? Sucker. <laughs> but yeah, I oh, mean, just back. <laughs> just, oh, oh damn. I was, I was sitting there in my head going sexy boy. Not your boy. But yeah, so overall, overall, I thought it was a pretty interesting episode and, and just some of the things that you learned about Booker T and kind of what made him tick and, and just his, his approach to the business was a little bit eye opening. And, and again, it's, it, you see some of these guys and you just think, man, like it just doesn't seem like some of these newer generations, like maybe they're not going through the same hardships or the same, you know, have, have, so maybe it's just a similar back or different backgrounds or whatever, but it just doesn't seem like 
they put in the creativity that that some of these guys put into like Booker T and Roddy Piper and stuff like that to 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 stand out. It's like, it, it, are we ever going to have characters in the business that stand out the way that these guys stood out? And I think that's the one thing that this these A and E biographies have really kind of showed really showed. And then when you when you spin that into the dark side of the ring with Brian Pillman and and that whole scenario of that that loose cannon character that he came up with. Kevin, what was your take on the Bengals strength and conditioning coach basically saying that he came up with this idea with Brian Pillman? Okay, so if you listen to – so Conrad is back to his weekly um, dark side of the podcast. Yeah, I saw that. I haven't got a chance to watch it yet, but he's got him on Jeff Jarrett's channel. I noticed that. Yeah, so I've listened to all of them so far, and the most interesting thing I like took from those was – their take on this strength and conditioning coach. And they actually spent five hours with him. Wow. Because he just, it was like you ask him, all right, well, so what's your favorite color? And he'd go off talking about what his favorite color was for an hour and a half. <laughs> like, for example. So, like, he, they said he was probably one of the, mo- one of the most, like, difficult people they've ever had to interview for this so um yeah like but like his comment on what do he say about uh about Vince McMahon he's like you know what do you do with a whore you fuck him right yeah <laughs> like he yeah dude seems like just after listening to them like talk about how he really is and everything that that had that was interesting so yeah, yeah. I thought the most interesting part of that was getting this story from his kids perspective you know, Brian had a lot of kids. Um, I mean, well, I, I guess he had what four four total. He has three daughters and a son. Um, one of the daughters, at least two of the daughters, are have different moms than the one daughter and his no, son no. have. Right? Or they all have. Them? They all. They all have different moms. Yeah, they pretty much all have different moms. So, or maybe it was just the maybe it was just the two. I think daughters. he's got. I think he's. I think he's got four. I think he's got four kids. Um, I think two were with the one that um, committed suicide. Yeah. So, and then and then him and Melanie had Brian together, but she she had Melanie had two kids from her previous marriage. Oh, gotcha. And then and and one actually one of those kids has has died, and then and then the the one I think her name was Danny was from just some random woman he just right. hooked up with. So or he something. had he so. had two da- he has two daughters than 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 Brian Jr. So because yeah. he and Melanie only had Brian Jr., he had Danny with with a affair, and then the, his first daughter was with um, was with his first wife who committed suicide. Yeah, yeah. So that, Brittany, that, yeah, that whole story daughters. was really interesting, and just kind of how you know Brian. I think because he was so young, doesn't have a very jaded perception of his father, and that's why you know, he decided to go into wrestling and he wants to kind of pay homage to him and stuff like that. The girls on the other hand have a, a different view of him. Um, but you know, overall just, man, he was such a brilliant mind and you got to wonder if it wasn't for that car crash, if where he would have taken that character and where he would have gone mm-hmm. with it. Oh yeah. It's, I think that like, they said everything that just changed everything, but like, at least the thing that I, like struck me too was that like even though he had all these different children from different women, like he sounded like no matter what he was always there for all of them. Yeah, like always, and like 
Um, but like the biggest take of it is like, how, like I think everybody, how much of a fan everybody should be of Brian Jr. Now yeah. and like, <laughs> honestly, like really push for that for him and hope that he like has a great career because it's just everything he went through, like he deserves it. Yeah, without big, a doubt, big time. Does. So, and he's such an introverted guy too. So it, it's kind of crazy to see him portraying this this character, and he's he's trying to step out of his shell a little bit because you know before getting into wrestling, he wasn't athletic. <laughs> He said he didn't play any sports. He literally just sat around and played video games. So mm-hmm. he was just a regular dude like us. And then Stone Cold Steve Austin called him and said, hey, I have an old weightlifting belt of your dad's. Um, I want to give it to you. Gives him this weightlifting belt. And then all of a sudden, dude gets jacked and decides to get into pro wrestling. <laughs> yeah. Well, the funny thing is, like, him, like, the video games was, like, sadly, it was his way to escape reality. And the reality is that, his mom was a drug addict and his like stepdad like beat the shit out of him and tore him down. And then like he said, like, you know, in the in the thing about how when his stepdad broke his, um, what do you say? Yeah, GameCube. Game, yeah, GameCube, GameCube or something like that. He's like, yeah. he's like, he's like, he just, that's the only thing I had. And he just threw it and destroyed it. So, yeah, I mean, it's, it's definitely sad. <clears throat> and it was, it was definitely a sad story. Definitely. You know, I like that it was a two-parter because he really got a a breakdown of who he was before everything and then who he was after everything. And, you know, just they they spent some time on that Stone Cold angle or the home invasion where he pulled a gun on him and and things like that. Like, but here's – and they also spent some time with the time that Vince interviewed Melanie on TV. Do you guys remember seeing that live? Mm-hmm. Mike was like four years this old. This was an attitude era thing. It was right <laughs> when Brian Pillman died. He had his Vince had his widow on camera asking her questions about Brian taking pills. Oh, yeah, because it was it was it was his way of like trying to just cover himself up. I think for some what they say, but like yet yeah, she still did it. But she she claimed that like you know. Don't ask me any questions about this, this, or that. He did anyway. She said that, yes. But her answer was way too scripted to for her to come up with that on the fly. That was the one thing uh, that I, I took from that. Uh, like although, but like her look, when she talked about like when he asked that question and she gives this like look to the camera, this disgusted look at the camera. Yeah. That, that struck me like, yeah. Right? Like yeah. There's and both, she pointed that sides. out too. Yeah. Like, honestly, I don't know. I don't so, believe either or whatever side of it, but like, but when she did, I never noticed that like look that she gave to the camera when he asked yeah. that before. And when she pointed that out, I was like, huh. And I guess so. kudos to her for being able to, come up with an answer like that if, if she did that on the fly, you know, especially grieving, because it was a pretty solid answer for for that question, talking about how, you know, athletes deal with pain and, and things like that, and this is, you know, not a not an uncommon issue. And and, and to the most part, she's right. It's not. I mean, it, it's it's sad that sad to say that, but that's, you know, the, the way that they, you know, doctors prescribe pain meds and how easy it is for them to get their hands on them. Uh, and that also came into play in the, the, the other Dark Side of the Ring, which was the Nick Gage one. Man, if, if and Michael, I know you haven't seen either one of these yet, but the Nick Gage one, you definitely got to see this crazy motherfucker. Like, this guy is a CZW, CZ, CZW legend. And uh, 
you know, John Moxley has has gone up against him, and and they had Moxley as a part of the interview. There was one match. They where, just they just fought last night. They just fought last night. Did they really? <laughs> well, or or at the, it was because he so he's a part of it's called Game Changer Wrestling. Yeah, and so so Game Changer Wrestling is like they say the last like dying like, like underground the like right. Yeah, like they don't do all death matches, but they're like a very very like. Like ECW, Edgard. but yeah, yeah, ECW, but not like quite the cult following of ECW. And but I guess Moxley showed up and confronted him last night or something like that too. Oh wow. Um. Yeah, I just I don't know. Like to me, like especially when they do these death matches and stuff, right. I'm like, what the fuck is this shit? Yeah. Like, <laughs> I mean, especially the one where he, so the one where he bled out. And he yeah. died in flat in flatline for seven minutes. So he gets thrown through the ropes. Well, they weren't any ropes. They were just all those light bulbs. Yeah. So Mike, they show it. He goes through, and one of them breaks and almost pierces him right here. And there's an artery right here. And for Moxley said for him to get up and walk away from a match means he was really fucked. So he's walking like this. Mm-hmm holding his arm and you look and you just see like they show parts of it it looks like a running faucet of blood just going like this yeah. out of his side so he's he, he's laying there on the ground they have him on camera he wants the nurses who are trying to stop the bleeding which is very hard to do <laughs> especially the, the artery that he punctured he wants them to tape him up so he can go back out and finish the match <laughs> Oh my! So, but the thing is, where they did this King of Death match, whatever, they did it in a like secluded location. Think like where, Woodstock, like, but with wrestling rings. Oh yeah. god! It's <laughs> so far but, away from but, civilization that he can't even get to a hospital. Right. Yeah, because because they didn't want cops coming and breaking it up. They That's why they picked this out. <laughs> They had to get a helicopter and life flight him out. And he said, as soon as he got on the helicopter, he like he he didn't remember anything. Like, as soon as he got on, he, like, and he actually died on the helicopter, and he was dead for seven minutes until they brought him back to life because he had lost so much blood. Like, like just seeing that and, like, hearing yeah. that, like, it was hard for me to watch. Yeah, it was crazy. It, and was, then, really, it was really hard for me to watch. It, and he's had the same girlfriend through this entire thing, and she looked like she was on some shit. all types of drugs and he talked about like his drug use and he he was so desperate for money that he robbed a bank so <laughs> it, th- this is the best part of the story too because he he robs the bank and he didn't wear a mask or anything and moxley oh is tell moxley's tell the story and he goes he goes the guy comes to the ring wearing a bandana over his face and that's, the one time he gimmick. chooses not to, that's his part of his gimmick and the one time he chooses not to have it is when he actually robs a bank <laughs> yeah yeah oh man so, like maybe one of the best lines of all, all of these episodes and, and he, Moxie's. he knew that he was he knew that he was caught because they had him on camera and his face was plastered <laughs> everywhere so he decides to take his girlfriend to atlantic city and blow all the money in atlantic city and then he was there for what nine days, and decided that then he was ready to turn himself in. He didn't turn himself in, yeah. Like dudes, like God. When they show the footage oh, of like Mox, Moxley, Moxley had to be like real young, but like yeah. brought brought the pizza cutter, 
and sliced Moxley's head open with a pizza cutter, and then he went across his mouth, and Moxley thought he he cut his tongue out when he did it. He didn't. Yeah. But like, like, and this was like legit. Like, that's how he opened him up. I was like, Do you remember the, the? Do you remember the dude who almost killed David Arquette a couple of years ago? No, I didn't hear about that. So David no, Arquette. No, yeah, it was Nick Gage. So David Arquette, um, you know, when he got back into wrestling, he was challenged. He, you know, they, they were doing a deathmatch style wrestling in, in L.A. And he got challenged to do it. And he was like, yeah, I'll do it. You know, because he's trying to prove that he's tough and that, you know, him winning the WCW wasn't, uh, you know, a curse on the wrestling business. He wants to prove how tough he is. And um, and Nick Gage, like, you know, he just he just said, like, look, the only thing I don't want you to do is cut me because I'm an actor. I can't have my face cut like I know I'm going to bleed. And if it happens by accident, it does. But please don't deliberately cut me. Well, then Nick Gage gets out the pizza cutter because apparently that's his gimmick and starts slicing the face, his face with the pizza cutter. And he also had one of those light bulbs. So Arquette got pissed and he flipped around and slammed Cage on the ground. But when he did that. Cage punctured his neck with the freaking uh, light tube, and oh, he wow. was bleeding profusely out of his neck. And uh, they they had to rush the finish real quick so uh, Arquette could go get stitched back up. But he was like, yeah, and they and Nick Gage is Nick Gage is like he's, he's like what a, he's like what a pussy. He just had a little cut on his neck. He ran out there like a bitch or whatever. But like he like you don't know because. I guess Arquette was probably like worried that he like got his jugular. Yeah. Maybe. Oh yeah. But. And he didn't, and, you know, and he was like, I was in a position where I felt like I was not safe or protected like I should be in a wrestling ring. And, you know, this guy, like, this guy is basically New Jack with, that, but he never became quite as famous. <laughs> yeah. He actually makes New Jack look like Luthez. <laughs> right. Like, like Ric Flair. So, so he's, he's like, he's, he's dollar store New Jack. If Dollar Store also like was on fire, well, right. like, <laughs> like, like New Jack and like Cornette, obviously, like he's like was not involved. Like nobody else was involved with this episode other than Moxley. He was in one yeah. name, and but like Cornette, obviously, doesn't even he didn't even acknowledge this episode. But I was listening to uh, part of his uh, weekly drive-through, like uh, Jim Cornette experience, and he was talking about it, and. He would. They were like talking about like New Jack and comparing to Nick Gage, <clears throat> and he's like, "Well, he's like, he's like, well, he's like, I was a part of New Jacks, and I have respect for New Jack because New Jack, like, he just turned into like this at the end of his career. But like New Jack, for the first like maybe five six years of his career, he could actually work and actually wrestle. He just kind of turned into this. Whatever. He's like this fucking idiot. He doesn't know anything about wrestling. He never <laughs> doesn't know one fucking hold and all this and that. And so, yeah, I, I mean, it's, it was, it was definitely, that's definitely an interesting experience. I'll put that one up with the Herb Abrams one of just the sheer entertainment factor of the episode. Yeah. I that, mean, that, yeah. <laughs> it was definitely, uh, definitely really good. Way. So if you, if you guys haven't had a chance yet, please go check out the dark side of the ring. Also check out, um, you know, the A&E biographies cause they've been really good. Oh, the other thing with the Pillman one too, I forgot about some of the, um, you know, knowing what we know now, you know, some of the stuff that he was doing kind of breaking the fourth wall. Like when he, uh, when he was wrestling the pencil because they, you know, uh, they referred to the booker as the pencil. So he was technically mm -hmm. wrestling the booker, just like some different things that he would throw out there. And he, he wrestled Kevin Sullivan while Kevin Sullivan was a booker in WCW. And he, he like said something to him 
on his way out. I, re- I, re- I, re- I respect you, Booker man. Yeah, and I respect you. They were they were they were supposed to have a strap match, but this whole thing was like, you don't know who's worked or what. Like it was supposedly like Bischoff and Pillman were doing it, but supposedly Pillman was secretly like outworking Bischoff. Like like him and Bischoff had this plan together. We're gonna do this, but then secretly like Brian was like. No, I, he thinks we're working together, but I'm actually working him. So, like, and that whole thing with, like, seeing um, Vince McMahon at the Nappy convention in L.A. Yeah. Or, or in Las Vegas or whatever. I remember Jim Ross telling a story about that. And, you know, he's Jim Ross is there with Vince and everything. And Brian Pillman comes up. And Brian Pillman comes up. He's like, oh, God damn. God damn. Jesus fucking Christ. It's Vince McMahon. He's MF and this, and he's saying, God damn this, and, G- and everything. And like Jim Ross is like, Here, I see this guy, and like, I want to hire him. And he's fucking blowing it. <laughs> he's just <laughs> saying all this shit to McMahon. But then that's how he got, he got a picture with McMahon at this convention. So, like, and Jim, like, convinced, like, McMahon, like, you know, he, that it's all work. It's just a character. Yeah. And that's, like, probably how he got hired. Well, and the funny thing, too, with that is, <clears throat> he, you know, and Mike, if you don't know the backstory, basically Brian Pillman started this character <clears throat> and was so crazy that nobody could tell if it was a work or a shoot. And he he went to Eric Bischoff and told him, okay, this is the character that I'm doing in order for me to like really drive this home. And, and Eric claims that he was a part of it because he was trying to get Brian more money. They're trying to get the, the idea was to get Pillman paid. Okay. Mm-hmm. So Pillman needed to up his stock because he knew he couldn't wrestle forever. And he had a family. He wanted to get paid. So, so he convinced Eric to give him a release of his contract. And he still appeared on WCW TV, but it would be like run-ins, but he legitimately had a release from Turner Broadcasting <laughs> because he wanted it to look as real as possible. And then he would even show up on ECW because he didn't have a contract and cut promos mm-hmm. on Eric Bischoff about, oh, Eric Bischoff fired me and blah, blah, blah. But then he would also show up on WCW TV. And all the while, he was negotiating with WWE to get a <laughs> to get a contract. Hey man, gotta hustle sometimes. Right, and then he ends up pretty much ruining it by getting into this really bad car accident because he fell asleep at the wheel because he took too many pills. Yeah, and hey, he was just sticking to the name. Shattered his ankle, and then basically, then um, you know, had to WWE still signed him, but you know, it wasn't you know he it wasn't it didn't quite play out. I think the way that he wanted it to, but. I mean, it's just, just crazy just how, how the whole thing worked out. But, yeah, definitely get a chance if you get a chance to watch that. <clears throat> well, that was weird. Sorry. So, the- right, Nate, honestly, after the accident, if he would have just rehabbed and stuff probably for, like, a year or two, Yeah, like, maybe he would have came back from it and had some good years. But he just obviously wanted to rush into it. and Yeah, if he would have just stayed on the sidelines. Or he could have been a manager. He could have been a person. I mean, he could have done a million things. And Jim Ross even said, he's like, I try – I tried to get Brian to see that he could be so much more than just a wrestler. He could be a personality, but I failed to do that. He could have been a commentator, but I failed to, to get him to see that. And, you know, Jim, I think Jim Ross actually blames himself for, for inevitably what ended up happening to Brian, but which is sad. I mean, that's not his fault. That's not his responsibility, you know, at the end of the day. 
But, uh, but yeah, so we talked enough about those. Uh, we also talked about backlash and, um, everything that happened there. So I got a few things for four or against just going through and watching some, uh, some programming this past week. So I want to get, uh, your guys' take and opinions on some stuff that happened on Raw, SmackDown, NXT, and of course, AEW Dynamite. So we'll kind of go starting with Raw, uh, for or against Sheamus's U.S. title reign so far. Against it, just because I don't like Sheamus. Okay. All right. Fair enough. Yeah, I, I think the U.S. titles beneath him. Okay, I feel like he's kind of making the U.S. title maybe a little bit more of a spotlight than it had for a long time, but it, it's been against Alberto Carrillo. And oh, did you guys see that? Na- Speaking of which, did you see that nasty oh, yeah. spot on Raw with them? Yeah, Ooh, yeah, man. where it looked like Carrillo got hurt. Luckily, apparently, he's fine. But yeah. like, he like the way they landed, he thought like he like broke mm-hmm. something in his like hip or something his leg, yeah i mean he, his legs were just straight out it was just not a not not ideal yeah so that, that was a pretty nasty spill and there, there was a couple on aw it's, looked, it's funny because he looks like a man-ish jar <laughs> there was a couple there was a couple on aw dynamite that were a little rough too um all right the tag team rk bro for or against Currently against, but if they bring back the golf cart, I'm for it. I'm for it just because Randy Orton's not being all Mr. Nicey Nicey babyface still. Okay. Okay. So as of right now, I'm for it. I'm for it. Dude, Pete Dunn, speaking of the golf cart, Pete Dunn tweeted at Randy Orton <laughs> and said, Get out while you can now. Can. And it was a picture. Yeah. <laughs> no, but I want a golf cart, but it has to have like snake skin seats. I, I'm I'm for it just because the dynamic I think has been really funny. I I saw an interview mm-hmm. with, with Randy Orton where he said that he when he first met Matt Riddle he expected um, he saw him in the um, he saw him in the back back of a show and he was expecting Riddle to come up and be like hey man I'm you know Matt Riddle nice to meet you and apparently Riddle snubbed him and Orton was yeah. like this motherfucker <laughs> so well that's what, like he 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 tweeted. To him, like, not too long ago, something about, like, you know, when I first met you, I hate you, but now I respect you, blah, blah, blah. Oh, P.S. Fuck you. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, let's be real here. The only reason Orton's tag team with him is so he can get some weed. (laughs) Man, I'll tell you, though, a couple of weeks ago when Orton got hit with the tomatoes... And he was sitting there like all mad. And then all of a sudden, Riddle zooms by on a scooter. He goes, hey, Randy. <laughs> Dude, I, I pop for that and I laugh my ass off. <laughs> hey, Randy. Just like so subtle and just, I, I don't know. I don't know. The, the dynamic of the two of them just, just is, it's funny. It's working for me. I, I'm it's, enjoying it's Riddle. It's just so Randy Orton more. and his like pothead little brother. Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> And then when he took out New Day, and then Riddle's like, "How are we supposed to make friends?" Yeah, and it's just it's just Randy Orton, like you know, I'm just gonna have some fun right now because I don't have to do whatever. So well, that yeah. and you know, his feud with the Fiend kind of just shat the bed because they did never planned on how to finish it, and then Bray's going through a bunch of personal shit, so they're like, "Well, might as well have some fun rather than you know be stuck." Tr- with Alexa Bliss cutting promos and making him spit up goo for the next six months. Yeah. Well, and, you know, what's funny about that is that uh, there was uh, also some reports that refuted that Bray is going through some personal shit and Bray's been there and they're just not sure why he, they're not using him right now. 
So I, I don't know. Uh, it, it's kind of weird, but you know. I will say real quick off the note, I'm watching in the background, the, uh, most wanted treasures this week and it's with Sergeant Slaughter. Yeah. And this guy, so they're after a pair of, uh, iron cheeks boots and this guy's Hasbro original figures collection. Holy shit. I just peeked at a lot of them. Like, wow. <laughs> like if you guys watch this, ep- get a chance to watch this episode somehow. Matt Cardona's what dream. Like there were there were, he I saw he had a Vince McMahon one like with a pink like a pink jacket huh. like I've never seen that it's crazy so right. sorry anyway no, thank you all right uh, Jinder <laughs> Mahal returned on Monday Night Raw with uh, two new bodyguards he apparently upgraded the um, the Bollywood they, boys they, they went <laughs> everyone at home since this is an audio only podcast. <laughs> Kevin is currently blowing into his thumb to in, in make himself larger, like a cartoon character. <laughs> Thank you for the play-by-play on that. Yeah. Uh, so uh, we got our our Twitter clip. Are we for or against the for or uh, for or against the Jinder Mahal return with his uh, his new bodyguards? Fuck you, fuck you, Jinder Mahal. Wow. Okay. I mean, I, I have no problem with Jinder Mahal. Um, I feel like it makes more sense for him to have these new bodyguards cause when your old bodyguards are literally like the size of one of your legs. I don't think they're really bodyguards at that point. That's true. But I like them better though. Honestly. Oh yeah, I like the Bollywood boys way better, but it just didn't make sense. Yeah, they were entertaining. Like, you know, I, I give if if, that, if but... they were a, a actual faction and they you know properly wrestled, sure. But for them to be his like valets and be his like his his fucking bodyguards just never made sense to me. Yeah. I just don't like it was at the return of Jeff Hardy. I don't like the fact that Jeff Hardy somehow just become this enhancement talent that's not doing anything. No, no, no. So mm-hmm. so what I've been reading online about the Jeff Hardy situation is there's a lot of current talent that they want to push, but they're trying to put them on the back burner until they have fans again. Um, so uh, there's a handful you. of them that are currently kind of getting jobbed out. So when they make a big return in front of fans, it's a bigger deal versus them just being them. Uh, which is also there apparently that's when they're planning on because one of Hardy's only things in his contract that he demanded was to get to use his old music, which they still haven't done, which apparently the plan is to do that once there's fans in attendance again. So gotcha. it's it's not that he's become an enhancement talent. It's just they're they're trying to and that should be, not that waste should be him pretty soon. I would imagine that August going to be doing fan They did say August now because AEW um, tour like now. So AEW is supposed to start in July and WWE currently the tentative date that that has been talked about is August, but there's rumors that maybe sooner just because Vince doesn't like anyone beating him to the punch. Okay. Interesting. All right. So uh, then we move on to NXT. It looks like we're going to be getting cross versus Balor two before or against that. It was a fucking great match the first time. So why not? All right. Yeah. All right. Yeah. I'm bored. All right. Bobby Fish made his surprising return and helped out Kyle O'Reilly, who was getting beat up by Pete Dunne and Oni Lorcan. Um, they kind of acknowledged each other, like, oh, yeah, I'm back, and it's good to see you, but I'm not going to get in your way. Are you kind of for or against that, or would you rather the two of them being more of a t- continue to be more of a team? I'm, I'm for it, but unfortunately, I think it's just going to lead to that anyway. Because it's kind of it, like it to me, it just felt like, uh, you know, Undisputed Era is dead, bros. But 
we're still good, so I'm not going to let these guys beat your ass, which I feel like ultimately is just WWE's way of being like, in three months' time, they're going to be tag team champions again. Yeah, I, I can agree with that, but my problem with that is, is Bobby Fish just can't seem to stay healthy enough, long enough to sustain mm-hmm. anything, really. I mean, yeah. the guy's missed more time with injury, I think, since he's been with NXT than he has without. So, Which makes me wonder if that's part of the reason why they broke up the undisputed era was because like there was always one of them that was injured there was like very rarely a time where all four of them were healthy and like good to go yeah yeah it could be all right and now we got a new faction in nxt called hit row um looks like a uh rap label faction it features isaiah or scott a girl that i've literally never seen before um, another guy that I've never seen before, and then that dude AJ, who's a part of the Hidden Treasure show, are part of this faction now. Did you guys get a chance to see that at all? I saw pictures of them, uh, but it was mostly people making fun of them. Um. <laughs> they look legit. I mean, they, the AJ dude can talk. I will give him mm-hmm. that. Apparently, a dude used to play in the NFL, uh, AJ Francis. I've never never really heard much about him. He was like a lineman or something like that in the NFL. Oh, I remember him. He was part of that sports ball team. Yeah, yeah, that, that sports ball <laughs> yeah. team. Uh, he, played, yeah, he, they, he was kind yeah. of a journeyman player in the NFL. He went around a bunch of different teams. I, I don't know if he ever really latched on anywhere. But uh, guy's big. He's they, they legit. Have, they I've have never white seen jerseys, right? Yeah. yeah, but only when they were at certain places. When they were other places, they had colored jerseys. Yes. Colored jerseys. All right. So uh, I thought it was kind of an interesting take on, you know, it's a different type of faction. Um, I think it's a little weird that, you know, it comes at a time where you got somebody on AEW that's coming out and rapping. You got the acclaimed and then you got now you got hit row. So it almost seems like, um, you know, of course, in the wrestling business, everything's copied. So it almost seems like something's copied. But, you know, it's a faction of four people as opposed to just two. Uh, but yeah, I don't know, I thought it was interesting. I, I kind of like the, you know, Isaiah Swerve Scott and his whole persona demeanor that he's had over <clears> time. <throat> so I thought this kind of adds a little bit more to his package. And they kind of had like this little throne out there. They say it, it, it kind of reminded me a little of like a death row knockoff in a way. But, you know, it's just me. All right. All right. Nobody cares. Uh, you guys I mean, it, well, so. I was, sorry. I was looking something up because <laughs> essentially uh, the only way I'm okay with it is if they bring back Curtis Axel and he has a faction and they redo the the rap is crap WCW. Oh, yes. <laughs> no, no. Yeah. I'm, I'm good with that. Bring out, get out, uh, bring out Barry Windham. Yeah. <laughs> Only if only if Master P comes back to join the hit the hit row. Um, I'm okay with that too. <laughs> Make him say, uh. "All right, um, let's see. All right, or, we'll, uh. we'll we'll skip that. Let's go to AW Dynamite. Some uh, AW Dynamite was a lot this week. <laughs> I mean, a lot." So much was packed into this two-hour show that they had. It was almost a little overwhelming. They started the show off with John Moxley defending his New Japan uh, United States Championship against who was he up against there, Kev? Uh, Yuji, Yuji Nagata. Yuji Nagata. So Nagata, New Japan legend, guy's been around for everywhere. I think he was actually in the WCW NWO Revenge video games. Believe it or not. Um, he uh, honestly, if you want to go look up a awesome like one of Kurt Angle's best matches ever, 
him versus Nagata, like for the IWGB GP title back in like Osta or something like that. Awesome match. Like so, Kurt, like Kurt says, it's like one of his best matches of all time. And, it, and and his match with Mox was a good match. The the thing that really took away from me though was Mox came out to the song "Wild Thing" for the first time as an entrance music, but it wasn't like the Rick Vaughn version from the movie Major League, where it was like really kind of like you know kind of kind of along the same lines as Mox's. Um, normal entrance music high energy it was like the original version which was like really slow with just the one guitar playing in the background it was a little jarring so um i guess for or against moxley using wild thing as an entrance song only if he dresses up like dude love (laughs) (laughs) i'm for because i like that song okay you like that version of it then yeah you like that song as an entrance music it's yeah. just not. I do. I like a you, lot of songs, but they so, don't make good entrance music. So they they used it in the movie Major League. They used it as an entrance song for when Rick Vaughn came from the dugout to the thing, and the entire crowd was screaming the song. But it was a more amped up, like high energy version of the song. I love that, and it's such a good moment in that movie. And I feel like maybe that's what they were trying to accomplish, but without a large crowd there and people singing along with it, or that more amped up version of it, it just didn't hit the same, and it just seemed awkward. <laughs> I, just, I like to be honest, even I, if people I were there. How many people do you really think, especially in the generation that's watching AEW, singing Wild Thing? Yeah, I don't know. Go, go ahead, Kevin. What were you saying? I mean, I like because I, I I was never a big fan of his AEW theme music, like honestly, like I loved his WWE theme music. Yeah, I wasn't a huge fan of his AEW. It was okay, but so you're good with a wild thing. All right, cool. Hey, I, I mean, it, it maybe I'll be cool with it too over time. I was a little jarred when Punk first came out, the cult of personality, but then that ended up sticking with him and being amazing mm-hmm. for him. So I, I mean, I, I guess maybe I just needed to, you know. So another, I was for the, I was, for, I was for the end of that match, like the whole respect thing they did. The oh end, yeah, like that, was that, 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 that was great. That was great. It was a good shit match. Like that. It was classy. Love, shit like that's awesome. It was, just, you know, and it's weird though that you're opening up an AEW show with a New Japan title match, but you know that that's part of the. Well, that's part of the show is indie, Jason. But I think that's what it is like, and I think once the world starts opening up more, is that like you're gonna start seeing like more and more of that relationship with New Japan. So it's only gonna. You know, yeah. and the other thing too, like we talk about, like packing everything in like two hours. I keep always thinking, like they really have like one main show, right. so like you always wonder, like okay, they don't, you know, they just it's like they try to pack everything every week. Yes, is it too much sometimes? Yes, but oh, without a doubt, yeah, it's definitely too much sometimes, and it, it just it, I don't know, it takes a little bit of a way for it. Now the ending of the show, we'll talk a little bit about. I didn't have it kind of in there, but. Um, I, I do want to kind of spin around to what happened and how they kind of overcorrected with it. Uh, but uh, definitely um, the first thing, though, uh, for or against Cody's American Dream promo? It's definitely tone deaf. I'll say that. A little bit. Yeah. yeah. I, I, I get where he was trying to go with it. I just don't think he got there the way that he wanted to. Maybe. I, I just feel like in, in the world we live in today, the Sergeant Slaughter versus 
Iron Sheik like ideal doesn't really work. Yeah. Yeah, it's a, it's a bit. It's it's a, it's like a, oh, it's been two months. Let's get a one of these Cody promos. Yeah. Although he although although he's I mean he's a lot better than he has ever been ever on promos and stuff in the last few years. But like, I, I just I don't need the same promo every two months. Yeah, you know what I mean? it it just it just didn't quite and and I get that he was trying to pick up that American Dream persona for you know for one night only I'm gonna be the American Dream Cody Rhodes okay great you know what I mean like if if that's a, that's the way you want to go with it but yeah just the whole the whole promo to get there talking about you know Anthony Agogo you know living basically what would have been better is if Arn was in the background with his play sheet. <laughs> And he and he told him to do uh, promo twenty six, promo twenty six. <laughs> I mean, God. come on. Yeah, that would have been better. All right. <laughs> oh man. All right. So then another. Uh, all right. The bubbly bath for or against? Against. It's fucking stupid. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Is Chris Jericho just trying to be Stone Cold Steve Austin? Probably. I mean, he did the he did the the Tyson thing. He he did the now he's doing the the beer bash thing. He's what I, I mean. I feel like he's done a couple other things too. Like what 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 is the obsession with with taking Attitude Era storylines and putting them on AEW television? You guys are both frozen, mm. or you just got nothing to say. <laughs> Oh, Michael's. I think Mike. Yeah, Mike is frozen. frozen. Unless, unless, unless he's just amazing at like staying still. It's (laughs) it's creepy because like how he's like it's just it's like he's looking right at you. Yeah, he's like staring into my soul right now. I don't know. Yeah, like oh my god. Oh, oh, he just oh no, he's back. (laughs) I I can hear you guys the entire time. I'm just sitting there like, well, I can't. Apparently, you can't hear me. Um, It was weird. You were like this. (laughs) Yeah, you're just. I, would, I should have taken a picture of it. You're like staring into our sides. Oh, yeah. Yeah. All right. So no, what, that, what was your that's, take that's, that you were telling nobody? That, that's that's AEW's base. Like they're going to fucking pander to the air all they can because that's the only reason people watch AEW is it's all the people who jerk off to the attitude are going, man, I wish WWE would go back to the good old days and they need something to watch. So why not go watch something that's just going to repeat all that same shit? Yeah. Yeah. I, I don't know. It was so freaking weird to me. I didn't. You know, and, and it led to another, we're going to get another stadium stampede match. So, you know, basically Blood and Guts was the start of the pinnacle inner circle rivalry, not the finish. So normally a big cage match that finishes the, the rivalry, but instead we're going to we're gonna continue on with this. Um, for or against these two in a stadium stampede? I mean, I don't know if it's going to be quite as good as the Elite, because I feel like the Elite has more comic relief or what they did at the time more comic right. relief that to pull off i where i feel like having jericho and his team be the good guys is gonna maybe hinder it a little bit but i guess we'll see yeah i'm just curious if they copy themselves and if someone gets ran over with a uh a uh golf cart again yeah and they one up Kevin Owens and uh, Roman Reigns, and the person goes through the windshield and it tears off the roof. <laughs> I was, I was, I was thinking they're going to re- recreate the uh, handcuff spot. Oh my god, that'd be funny. They try to handcuff him to the uh, fucking field goal. Yeah, yeah, and they, and they can't get it undone. <laughs> that would be that would be good. great. 
All right. So, Kevin, what about you for or against that? I don't know. I'm I'm indifferent on it. Like, I'm not quite for it. I'm, I'm probably more against it just because, like, the culmination of this feud should have been blood and guts. You know what I mean? Like, they should have had some other stuff, other matches, singles matches, some tags, whatever, and then lead to a five-on-five and, like, blood and guts like, at a pay-per-view, should have been, like, the main event of a pay-per-view. Make people pay for it. No commercial breaks, anything. This epic, let's go on for, like, 45 minutes to an hour match, whatever, and tear the house down. So, I guess I can't really say I'm for it. So I, I, think, I, I think the reason why they didn't do it is the same reason why 90% of the card at Blood Guts was pre-recorded and that's because they don't have the setup down like WWE does to be able to tear that like setup up and down quickly enough for a live crowd well and, and being that they're in Daly's place they they can't just have it in the ceiling and then drop it down and put it together they mm-hmm. have to actually build it right that right out there on the on the stage well then well then like then why not do like if you're doing a stadium stampede you know what I mean? Like, why not have, like, the ring set up in the stadium? You know what I mean? Like, live. Yeah. Have a crowd over there. Have that crowd. You know what I mean? Like, you have a crowd in Daly's place, and then you have, like, a crowd, like, for Blood and Guts. I'm curious and then, if like, they're going to do the stadium. Then you run into... With, with a crowd, because, they, you know, the last time they did that, they, they spent, like, 15 hours shooting that match. So... You know, I, I don't know if they're going to have a crowd there to for something like that. That's going to be more oh, probably not. Style, I'd imagine. But see, they you would think, but they I'm sure there's a way they would have figured out a way to bring a cage down and open. Like WWE did it. They did Hell in the Cell outdoors in Miami. Yeah, but they, oh, they they also did it at this year's WrestleMania with a cage, which yeah. was in a baseball field. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And the whole thing is just WWE has the. That giant structure that's always sitting around with all the lights when they do the outdoors events. And that's that's where the cage is put. You figure Tony, if Tony Khan has more, if the Khan family has more money than the McMahons, like I'm sure he could expend to get the rigging. I I don't think the Khan family is trying to invest a whole lot of money into this wrestling project right now, though, either. So I think this is kind of Tony Jr.'s side passion. And I, I, I don't know if his daddy's necessarily fitting the bill for you know he, he'd rather spend the money on his football team and you know soccer yeah. team it, and stuff like that it, i 100 agree i feel like it's it's one of those things like okay you can buy you hey, can buy a wrestling company tim tebow but just one tim tebow's not cheap man they they need that money for tim tebow <laughs> yeah they're getting they're getting, they're getting killed over that oh man um yeah, so yeah, I mean, definitely a little bit different, but uh, it, it, I, I'm cool with the stadium stampede. I, I think that it's a different match concept. I, I kind of like that because it's it's not a that's theirs, right? No other company in the world has ever done a stadium stampede match, right? That's not something that they've stolen from anybody. That is an AEW grown thing. You could say blood and guts is too, but that's basically war games, right? That was stole. That was a stolen idea. But Cody's stadium dad made war games, so therefore AEW made war games. Right, Jason, yeah. so transitive properties. So, uh, so, so being, I, I like the fact that stadium stampede. I just would have wished it was dark order with uh, Hangman Page, like in we got our dark order with the on cowboy 
you know, all the cowboy dark order going against. You just want the faction. horses to be running up and down, shitting on the field. That's all mm-hmm. you want. I really do, well, cow- and, and I want cowboy wanted, shit. And and I wanted John Literally. Silver to come out on a donkey, <laughs> and it would have been great. It would have been the funniest fucking. I still thing I still agree that would been that would have made me okay with it. So you know, but anyway, if we were getting a stadium stampede match, that would have been my dream one, not pinnacle and inner circle. But you know, teach your own, I guess. And, but the thing they is, you won every year though, so it's not I like know, they're. But, and that's the, that's the problem though with them doing that's the problem with them starting with that blood and guts matches now you know in wrestling each match has to get more more extreme so when you start yeah. with the most extreme and then you know what are they going to end on you know stadium stadium going to fall off the stadium into a giant balloon <laughs> <laughs> they'll spill over and the balloon's going to make fart noises as he lands on it and it slowly deflates they'll spill over into the wipeout set and then you'll have John John Cena and Nicole Byers doing commentary on it. <laughs> that would be great. Because uh, they're a TBS property. All right, moving on. So, um, you know, SmackDown, a couple of different things happened through there. So I, I was going to say four against the Mysterios winning the tag titles, but we know after tonight they did. So good for them. Um, I mean, that's still a four against. Yeah, I'd say, I'd say I'm for it, but I don't know what about you guys. I'm for it just because I know what it leads to. All right. What's it lead to? Yeah. Them breaking up and Ray getting it's, them. It's, 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 it's going to go to uh, Usos. Oh, uh, okay. All right. So I imagine nothing else. Rey Mysterio versus the Usos would be good. Dominic's promising enough that I think he can hold his own. So do you, do you think that and, – and this is going to be another one, I guess, because um, I'm talking more about the, uh, you know, Jimmy Uso going against the bloodline. So are you, are you guys for or against the – you know, do you like the – Jimmy Uso maybe being a single star, right? Because he's nobody's bitch. So <laughs> is he going to fall in line? You think, and that's they're going to be a tag team, or do you think? Do you think uh, Jay's going to split from Roman and just leave Roman alone, or whatever they do with it? I hope they play it out for like another. I think they get like well. another. They get it out for like another couple months until yeah. we finally get something of it. Like, yeah, I honestly I, think they could. I think they could too. I I honestly think it. I, I I enjoy the idea of like he's the reluctant bitch. Like he'll suck that dick, but he's not gonna like it. Kind right. of thing. right. Um, oh, back to the dick sucking. <laughs> we almost got every through an episode, entire episode without dick references. <laughs> um, but yeah, so I, I honestly I think I, I I enjoy the the whole like I'm not I'm not you know bowing down, but you know he still fucking shows up and and does what's asked of him one way or the other. Yeah. So, so do you, th- do you think this is, do you think Jimmy's going to be in a single star out of this? Or do you think he'll get, uh, or do you think, I guess that, uh, that's, I'll take that. So do you think Jimmy's going to be Roman's next challenger? How about that? Cause obviously after tonight, Cesaro is going to be out of the picture for a while because he's got Seth Rollins to deal with. So, or I, I don't know, Cesaro might be out of the picture. So maybe we don't really, I, I that's yeah. the thing is like, you the don't really know. Cesaro the... fucked up. So, the that's the thing. Like, you, like I said, you don't really know what challenger. Yeah, and I think that's what's good. That honestly, they could play up to where, like, honestly, Roman may not need a challenger for a month or two. Honestly, yeah. like he may have some matches here and there, but uh, just... I feel I, as much as I be- agree that you know the storyline doesn't require Roman to defend it. If you get into that territory, then you're gonna have people be like, "Oh, he's just Brock Lesnar. He's not defending the title." Well, blah what, blah blah. What's next? It's May, right? So we should get Money in the Bank. Mm-hmm. No, um, uh, June. June. Uh, uh, no, uh, they promoted it tonight. Hell in the Cell 
Because we moved oh. up in June. Yeah. So when are we getting money south? in the bank then? Probably July. July. Uh, well, July, well, oh yeah, July, then August. SummerSlam's August, yeah. That's weird that, I, I don't, you know, and Jericho said this on his pay-per-view, on, on his podcast, and I, I actually tend to agree with him here. I don't think Hell in the Cell should be its own pay-per-view. Hell in the Cell needs to be something mm-hmm. that you build to, and that's the end-all, be-all for a feud, for a match, but just being its own pay-per-view is just, is it, just weird. If it's going to be its own pay-per-view, every match should take place inside Hell in the Cell. Agreed. Like, if it's like, not like, fantasy booked by me in my 2K universe, then I don't fucking want it. Yeah. Like, it's, it should be like TNA Lockdown. Like, Lockdown used to always, every match was in the in the Lockdown cage. Yeah, but that kind of so loses like, its luster a little bit, too. I, I think, I think it, it lost its luster a long time ago. It's either way. At least this yeah. way, the, all the matches yeah. are entertaining. Well, it used I, to be it, like, oh, no, tri- nobody's been in more Hell in a Slow matches than Triple H. I'm pretty sure Sasha Banks been in more Hell in a Slow matches than Triple H. Not really, but, well, like, and, that's close. And now, though, I guess I guess the way they did it last year was good because they had three, and all three of them were different. And the way that they – and all three of them had really good rivalries and feuds that went into it. So I guess if that's the case, I'm okay with it. But, like, when they had – remember when they had, like, uh, Jericho pointed out when he and Big Show were in a tag match in a Hell in a Cell. Like, it just didn't make sense. Like, there, there's no yeah. reason for them to be in a Hell in a Cell match for a tag title. When, no, it doesn't you know, have, have like, a of... feud that, that leads to it. No, like, to me, like, the last, like, great, like, Hell in a Cell where it was like, okay, this needs to take place inside the Hell in a Cell was when DX faced the McMahons and Big Show. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, because at first, remember, I remember Jason, you and I talked about all the time, but I was, like, always mad. I'm like, why is Big Show in this match? Like, this should be, like, Big Man's and against DX. DX. Yeah. But then you're like, yeah, but, you know, Big Show's, like, their guy and honestly this just would make dx look even stronger if they and when they win and it did you know what i mean so like it made like after after the match took place it was like oh yeah total sense when big, show, and was big show wasn't there who would they have shoved the mcmahon's head up? yeah head, yeah he was asked would they shove that up so yeah <laughs> But like, you know what I mean? Like, just the violence of that. But, like, yeah. that was probably one of the last ones where, obviously, there was a lot of blood allowed, obviously. But, like, Michael's dropping the chair on Shane with, you know, the chair wrapped around his neck. Mm-hmm. And then Triple H breaking the fucking sledgehammer over McMahon's back. Yeah, like, it was violent. Yeah. Like to, but, like, anymore, it's just, like, like you said, yeah, it's just, to me, it's been watered down. I'll say the Usos and New Day had a great that was good yeah um you know sasha and becky i thought did a really good job as well there have been some good ones and even even jay and roman last year i thought was a really good yeah match so i mean there's been some good ones but to your point though i mean not like that was the last one that was like a blood feud that that led to that that like made that moment even bigger so it, it just made that whole thing like just that that whole rivalry come together, which was which was great. But are we just gonna ignore Triple H versus Taker with with Sean as the? Oh yeah, that one was great. really good too. You guys are like DX versus the McMahon's and Big Show. I'm like, that's the last one that really like had a blood feud in it. Like really? Oh, uh, the end uh, of the end of the era match. Yeah. Yeah. <sighs> yeah, you might have you might have us there, Kev. <laughs> No, I mean, it, that's not, like, really, like, I don't know. I wouldn't call that a blood feud. I would just call that, like. Sean Michaels got... obsessed over The Undertaker 
like a fucking crazy person for two years, then got retired, and his best friend decided to fucking try to get him back or get Undertaker back for what he did to Sean in the Hell in a Cell with Sean as the referee. Which... Well, that was the second year in a row, though, because they faced each other. Yeah. yeah. But I'm just saying that, like... No, no, I know what you mean. I know what you mean. I'm just saying, like, a like it wasn't like... It was a, okay, we had a, rest, we had a match at WrestleMania 27, you beat me. And then Taker goes away, and now here he comes back, and I'm going to try to get you again. To me, like, McMahon's DX, I mean, that storyline went on for, like, a year. You know what I mean? So, I understand what you're saying, but what I was saying was kind of, like... You're saying it was consistent blood feud, not one that just, you know, yes. was long-term booking. Yes. yes. Gotcha. All right. Makes sense. All right. Cool. Prolonged. All right. So that's Prolonged all That's all I have for this episode. Do um, you guys have anything else you want to throw in there before we wrap things up? Oh, actually, no. I actually had one more. Um, Shinsuke Nakamura stole King Corbin's <laughs> crown at the end of uh, SmackDown. Or not at the end of SmackDown, but during SmackDown. Um, for it by King Corbin. Uh, so my 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 question would be: Is it time for another King of the Ring tournament? Would it be for or against another King of the Ring tournament? No. no, the King of the Ring tournament needs to fucking die. Yes, because it has no purpose other than it ru- it takes someone who pro- usually already sucks and gives them a king gimmick for fucking twelve months or longer. So it just needs to fucking go away. Yeah. Okay. All right, cool. So Stone Cold Steve Austin sucked? I'm, not, I'm talking about in recent years, because back in the day, <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> usually they got, like, they gave him a push. They were going to be, like, next in line for a title shot. But now we get fucking people like King Corbin. Yeah. Who thinks they are, yeah, they turn into a king. <laughs> they yeah, wear, they, they, turn, wear. they fucking wear a crown and a robe and a, have a scepter for and change their music. Like, no. All right. The last, per, the last person to pull it off was, was King Booker, King Booker, yes, King Booker you know, was the last he's, one to pull He's it talented off. and has charisma, and <laughs> yeah, one of the great, greats of all time. <laughs> Unlike most of the recent King of the Rings, yes. All right, so you know what we think about the King of the Ring coming back. I want to know what you think. So tweet us at Live Your Gimmick. Let us know if you think the King of the Ring tournament should come back. All right, uh, that'll do it for this week's episode of the show. Thank you guys for listening. If you subscribe on Apple Podcasts, we greatly appreciate any five-star reviews you can give us. We also appreciate any feedback, so please comment on how you like the show. I think these guys got way too excited that I was wrapping things up. Uh, Make sure you follow us on our Twitter and Instagram, at LiveYourGimmick. Michael, you got anything before I uh, wrap it all up? Yeah, make sure to check out Modern Toy Fair on YouTube. That's youtube.com forward slash Modern Toy Fair every week. Me and Jamar on Fridays will go over the weekly toy news, and on Mondays I do action figure reviews. And also follow us on Twitter and Instagram for all sorts of interesting pictures I take of my toys as I play with them like a giant man-child that I am. All right, cool. Kevin, you got anything for us? Yep. Uh, be um, ready soon for the updated uh, profile pick. It will be happening. Will it be the reenactment uh... of, the, of the Kenny Omega, or will it be the Shawn Michaels Playgirl? <laughs> <laughs> I feel like it could be a mix of both, but (laughs) I vote Shawn Michaels. All right. Thank you guys again for listening. Make sure you do subscribe and share. If you are an Apple podcast, leave us a five-star review. Thank you again. My name is Jason for, or no, sorry. I messed that completely up for Michael and Kevin. I am Jason reminding you smarts out there to be a fan and always live your gimmick. Goodbye, everybody. Sexy boys. Sexy boys.